Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friend, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Chris here. And last week I shared an episode all about my food freedom journey over the last five years. This podcast has been around for a little over two and a half years now. And so that's just about half of my journey to finding food freedom and embracing balance after years and years of chronic dieting and eating disorders and just being all over the place when it came to figuring out what healthy looked like for me without obsession. So I shared my journey in that episode and so far it has gotten an amazing response and I actually had a different episode planned for this week. But as I was considering the episode and hearing your feedback, I realized that there are a few really big lessons that I've learned over the years in the last five years of this food freedom journey. And so I thought today I would share some of those lessons lessons with all of you in the hopes that this will help you if you are in a place of finding food freedom or maybe you're kind of in the place of finding food freedom but you're really trying to make it work for you and make it really feel good for you wherever you're at in your food freedom journey whether you are exploring intuitive eating and food freedom or you're still kind of on the cusp of not quite sure what food freedom actually looks like for me I hope this will give you a little bit of encouragement from someone who's been working on this for a few years now. Okay, let's jump in. Lesson number one, your journey is your own. 
We all have different backgrounds and different relationships with food. And our relationship with food might have changed over the years as well. I know that it has for me in many different ways. You know, I talked in episode three when I really shared my original journey to finding balance and finding food freedom about kind of my childhood and my relationship with food during childhood. Food was something that was very much about celebration and I loved picking vegetables after helping my dad kind of grow the vegetables in our garden when I was a young child and I remember shucking corn and taking the ends off of green beans in the backyard and that was such a beautiful part of my childhood and then just thinking about all of the wonderful experiences I had with food around birthdays and Christmas and Thanksgiving and then that shifted as I got older and I started to become more aware of my body and I got into the world of dieting and food started to feel something that was it was kind of a love-hate relationship with food where I still loved it and I was developing a passion for it, but I felt like food was bad, like food was just something that was going to change my body and that was the worst thing that could happen. So my relationship with food sort of changed at that point. And of course, when I was really deep in my eating disorder, my relationship with food changed and then it was very different when I was pregnant and my relationship with food was about fueling my baby when I was pregnant and then after that when I got into the world of fitness, my relationship with food was very much about food for fueling my workouts but then it, it became something about changing my body yet again and then it was a, an even different way of looking at food and then as I started to move away from that it was about food being something that could be something that was both pleasurable and also something that nourished me really well and helped me to feel good. I think one of the most pivotal experiences in shifting my relationship with food. And this is something that I haven't talked a ton about and I definitely want to talk more about in the future, especially because I have another race coming up is my relationship with food when it comes to running and marathon running. I'm a long distance runner. I have been for about 15 years and I've had breaks in between when I was dealing with my eating disorder and when I was deep in the fitness world, I wasn't running because I was focusing solely on strength training and it was actually looked down upon and my relationship with running has changed a lot over the years, but it is something that I truly love. It is my favorite way to move my body and I can't imagine life without running, but learning how to eat in a way that fuels my body for my runs and helps me to feel good has actually been a really important way of me learning how to better connect with my body. And so that has also transformed my relationship with food. So all of these might be incredibly different than your own relationship with food and the your own experiences that you've had with food or maybe how your relationship with food has changed and evolved over the years. And I shared a lot of that in last week's episode in my own journey, not just what I just shared now really briefly, but we all have different backgrounds when it comes to food. We all have a different relationship with food and a different evolution of our relationship with food. And so that means when it comes to food freedom, your journey is your own. I think it's so easy to compare other people that we see on social media, other people in our lives, and what people are saying about their relationship with food or their food freedom journey. And I think a lot of the time it's easy to forget that we are only seeing one side of that. We are only seeing that blip in time in their journey, in their relationship with food, whether they're sharing about it openly or you're just seeing them 
out to a restaurant eating a certain way and, and we make assumptions about people based on what we see in that moment of time. But we don't really truly know their background and their relationship with food and how long it's taken them to get to the place that they are now or what that journey has looked like for them. So I think it can be helpful to see people on social media who are at the next step in their food freedom journey. It can be inspirational. It can be encouraging. And that's one of the reasons I like to share about my journey from time to time. It used to be a lot more when I was coaching specifically on intuitive eating. And now I'm really focused on sharing just living a life of food freedom and finding joy in food that is nourishing and also delicious. But I still want to share my food freedom journey because I think it's important. And so much enjoyment is taken away from food when we feel like food is bad or we're battling with food or we're battling with our bodies. And I think that we can have freedom with food and also care about our bodies and care about our health and eat food that is totally delicious too. And so I think that I love to share that because I I do hope that it does encourage and inspire other women or other people in general. But I also want to be really careful about what I share and making sure that I'm not sharing so much that people are are looking at me specifically for what food freedom should look like. But I also know that that's not necessarily my job. And it's it's our job as individuals to recognize when we are falling into the comparison trap. I love to say it's only a trap if you leave it open. So if we notice ourselves comparing to other people and other people's journeys and making assumptions about them, not really knowing their full story, we can close that trap and we can go, I'm not going to leave that open. And I'm going to focus on my own journey and what food freedom looks like for me. So again, whether it is somebody in your life or an expert or somebody's book that you're reading or somebody on social media, how much time it takes or it took for them to find food freedom, how much time it takes you to find food freedom, what their journey looked like, what your journey looked like or looks like, if they gained weight or not, if they lost weight or not, the foods that they eat in order to feel good, the foods that they enjoy and find freedom in now and they didn't before, all of these things are so vastly different. And so it's I think it's okay to find that inspiration and encouragement, but also remember that we all have different lives, different experiences, and different taste buds, and recognizing that your journey is your own. And I had to recognize that my journey is my own, and there have been some really interesting things along the way that I have discovered, like in the early stages of finding food freedom, as with many of the women that I've worked with in the past and many of the women that I see who are exploring food freedom, I ate a lot of food that didn't make me feel very good because I really just needed to allow myself to eat all of the all types of food, all of the food, all of the time, because I needed to almost prove to myself that freedom was available for me. But eventually, I dialed it back a little bit, and not in an intentional eating less sort of way or a restrictive sort of way, but really tuning into what actually feels good for me and what actually feels good for my body, especially as someone with chronic health conditions, with hormonal imbalances, blood sugar balance is really important to me. And I can do this. I can balance my blood sugar 
and support my hormones while also having food freedom and recognizing how certain foods feel. And when I recognize how certain foods feel, then I can make decisions around how often I want to have the giant ice cream cone. I'm going to have the giant ice cream cone and I am going to love every bit of it. But I know that if I have that every single day, it's not going to be great for my hormones and it's not going to feel good. And so that's a choice that I can make. And that is my own journey. And that is something I've had to discover for myself and find what food freedom looks like for me in terms of my hormonal imbalances and my digestion. And so I've had to remind myself continuously that just because there's someone else on the internet who is eating pizza every single day for lunch, I'm just, this is not somebody that I follow or anything like that. I'm just making that up. That for me, that may or may not work. And I can explore that and I can find what feels good, but I also don't want to make myself feel bad because it doesn't work for me because my journey is my own. What feels like freedom and what feels good for me is my own. And this brings me to number two. Lesson number two is there is no right way to food freedom. You all know how much intuitive eating has helped me. The intuitive eating book, becoming an intuitive eating counselor, following a lot of other intuitive eating counselors and dietitians and people on the internet who have found freedom through intuitive eating. But as I've shared several times before, and I don't want to be redundant in sharing this, but I think the message of intuitive eating has become largely convoluted and in many ways political on social media. But the bottom line is that intuitive eating is about learning how to tune in to your unique body, what feels good, and having that freedom to eat all types of food while also recognizing that there is going to be a different way of eating, a different amount of food, different food preferences for every single person. There is no one right way to do intuitive eating. And I think a lot of the time I've seen people take the intuitive eating book and put it on a pedestal and and make the principles of intuitive eating into a set of rules. And that's something that I definitely did myself in the early stages of intuitive eating. But the bottom line is that just like your journey is your own, there is no one right way to find food freedom. Intuitive eating, the book, the intuitive eating counselors that are out there are so incredibly helpful and they can be incredible guides on your food freedom journey. But it can be easy to take that the concept of intuitive eating and the principles of intuitive eating and turn them into almost a diet in and of themselves, a list of do's and don'ts. And when we get caught up in that, that's not freedom either. And so I want to encourage you, again, that we all have different bodies and we all have different needs. And just because you have food freedom doesn't mean you need to approach food in a specific way or not approach food in a specific way. So we can use those principles of intuitive eating as guidelines and you know things like honoring your hunger and fullness are are always going to be important but there's nuances with that right sometimes we need to eat when we're not hungry okay here's a good example being a distance runner after I've done a really long run. So if I'm doing a run, typically um, half marathon or more than that. So half marathon is 13.1 miles. So anything half marathon or more, I come home, I refuel immediately, but I'm usually not 
hungry at that refuel. I want to make sure I refuel because I know that if I don't refuel, then it's not going to feel good after. It's going to take my muscles longer to recover after. I'm going to be tired at my next run. I'm probably going to be tired later on in the day. And it's important that I eat even though I'm not particularly hungry. I know that I have gone through a lot of energy during that run and my body needs it, but my body isn't necessarily telling me that she needs it. But I can use the knowledge that, okay, I just expended a lot of energy and I know it's important for recovery in order to eat now. And so that's self-care right there. It's making sure that I'm eating even though I'm not hungry. And then of course, there is also a time and a place to eat past fullness as well. Because if something is just really, really delicious and you want to eat a little bit past fullness, there's no reason to feel guilt or shame over that. That's okay. It happens. We move on. We don't want it to become a regular thing. But when we feel like we have to honor hunger and fullness to the point of it becoming a rule, then that's where it stops feeling free, right? So, and and also I think... The idea of food freedom or intuitive eating, meaning that you have to decide what to eat in the moment. You guys know that I love to talk about meal planning and meal prep and making that work, especially as busy moms. I don't know about you, but I'm a busy mama with two kiddos in school and I own my own business and my husband has a crazy wild schedule as a professional sailor. And so it's just, it's one of those things where if we don't do any planning or any prepping ahead, then meals just don't happen. And we end up spending a ridiculous amount of money on takeout or we're up way too late and then our schedules are off and we're eating in a way that doesn't feel good. And, you know, some people would say that it's it's not intuitive eating to plan ahead. But for me, intuitive eating is part self-care and part having that freedom to eat whatever the heck I want to. So if I have prepped something ahead and I really, really don't want it for lunch, I don't force myself to eat it. I have something else. But knowing that I have something on hand and not having to think about it means most of the time I'm not hemming and hawing over what is for lunch. I just know that, okay, I have that salad that I made on Sunday during my meal prep in the fridge. And so that's what I'm going to have for lunch today. And it's not a big deal. And it's satisfying and it satisfies my hunger and I move on with my day. And I don't think that that's not intuitive eating. And, And that's me. That's what works for me. For some people, they might want to make more quick decisions around food. If you're if that's available for you and you can decide on a whim what to have at every single meal, then that's awesome. And if that feels good for you and sometimes that feels good in the beginning of your food freedom journey, then that's awesome. But it's about what works for you. There is no one right way to food freedom. What feels like freedom to you is what feels like freedom to you. When it stops feeling free, it means it's time to dig deeper into what food freedom means for you or you know, work a little bit on those areas that are feeling sticky or it's time for things to change. So I think there's a lot of people out there who have not followed, who have never read the intuitive eating book, who have not followed the principles of intuitive eating or gone to an intuitive eating counselor or a dietitian or another expert in into not all dietitians are experts in intuitive eating, but an intuitive eating dietitian, health coach, you know, there are many people who have who have never spoken to anyone like that, but have still gone through the journey of releasing the rules of dieting and letting go of restrictions around food and found freedom with food. And it might have been in a completely different way. And that doesn't mean it's not true freedom or it's not true intuitive eating. Freedom for you 
might mean that you need to eat more or less carbs than another girl. I know that for me, and I don't measure or track this, but just in general, when I am running distances, my body needs more. And when I'm not, it craves less. And some of that is listening to my body and just straight up listening to what it says and following that. And some of it is noticing and being a little bit intentional about going, okay, does my body need more of this? Because I found whether it's protein, fat, carbs, you know, micronutrients, like fiber, things like that. If I've noticed that I've been a lot hungrier lately and maybe my blood sugar is a little bit imbalanced, it looks different for me in different seasons and it will probably look different for you in different seasons as well. That's why it's so important to not compare to anyone else and to also not compare to ourselves and recognize that in this season of my life, I might need a little more or less of different types of food and it's okay to notice that and follow that. It doesn't need to become an obsession. That's where the freedom comes in. It's going, okay, I can eat whatever I want to in the world and I'm going to choose to eat the foods that feel good for me and the foods that taste good for me. Being intuitive doesn't mean you have to have zero structure and never plan and never think about food outside of right before you're going to eat or when you're hungry or never plan or never prep ahead and only eat what you feel like in the moment. I'll get more to that in a couple minutes. But food freedom is what feels like freedom for you. If it doesn't feel free, then maybe maybe we need to explore it a little bit more. But food freedom is what feels like freedom to you. Lesson number three, your body might change and it might change again, or it might not change very much at all. There are a lot of expectations, I think, going into exploring finding freedom with food and moving away from dieting and obsessing over food or restricting ourselves. I think one of the biggest fears is gaining weight, especially if we have battled with our bodies and battled with our weight for years, whether we've been yo-yo dieting and our weight has gone up and down or we've struggled with an eating disorder or disordered eating or we've been in the fitness world when weight has been a big deal as it is for many of us, myself included. One of the big fears, I think, with finding food freedom, with exploring intuitive eating, whatever you want to call it, is gaining weight. And I think, to be perfectly frank, oftentimes, especially on social media, it's met with, you just need to deal with it. And you just need to accept that your body might gain weight. And it is what it is. And that can be really, really hard for a lot of us. I I don't I don't know if there's anyone that I've met that has found it easy to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go through this process and I could definitely gain weight. It's just it's a societal norm that gaining weight is something that is undesirable. And that doesn't mean it's bad. There are times in our lives where it's very our bodies are meant to change. I should say that first and foremost. Our bodies are meant to change over time. They're not meant to always stay the same. We're not meant to be the same size that we were in high school. And there are times in our lives where it's normal and natural for us to gain some weight. So a few examples um, of this are okay, during puberty, when girls are going through puberty, they gain like I think it's like 20 to 40 pounds. I don't have the stat in front of me, so please do not quote me on that. That is not a quote, but it is quite a bit of weight because their bodies are storing fat to be able to have a baby. And that's another stage in our lives for those of us who have kids. And I know many, many of you who are listening do have kids or desire children in the future. If you're listening to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, I know we have some with no kids and that's cool. Love all of you. But 
I I think that, you know, that's another period of time where the expectation is that we gain weight and it's normal and natural for us to gain weight. And then, you know, going through menopause is also another time in our lives where it's normal and natural for either our fat stores to change to different areas of our body or our bodies to gain weight as our estrogen levels are changing. And and those are just a few times in our lives. But it's normal and natural for our bodies to just change season to season and there's nothing wrong with that. And there is some acceptance that comes along with that and learning to look at our bodies as neutral and accepting our bodies and accept the changes in our bodies, but that can take a lot of time. And I think just telling someone that you just have to accept it and you just have to deal with it, if you are exploring food freedom and you are you know, going into the intuitive eating process, whatever, whatever point you're coming at this from, it can be really difficult and it can be a barrier for a lot of people exploring freedom with food because they're like, I just, well, I don't want to gain weight. And so they tread lightly and it's okay to tread lightly. It's okay to dip your toes in. It's okay to still be a little bit concerned about your weight. You don't have to be totally okay with potentially gaining weight, which I'll get to in a second because you may or may not. You don't have to be perfectly okay with it in order to start exploring food freedom. It's part of the journey. Your body might change. You might gain some weight in the process of unlearning diet culture, especially if you have been dieting for a long time and you've been under eating and you've been restricting yourself and all of a sudden you're eating more food than you were before. It's very natural that your body might gain a little bit of weight. And oftentimes I see for a lot of women, they gain a little bit and then it evens out. And then sometimes they even lose a little bit after that too. And you know, this is one of the reasons I I really encourage women to just get rid of the scale, at least for a time being. And I, I mean, I recommend getting rid of the scale entirely. But getting rid of the scale, stepping away from the scale, or at least weighing yourself less, this can be an incremental process. If you weigh yourself every single day, you can move to weighing yourself a couple times a week and then once a week and then once a month and then once every three months and then maybe you get to the point of just weighing yourself at the doctor's office. It can be a really hard habit to break and it can it can make us feel very anxious. I was the everyday weigher and it was something that caused me a lot of anxiety to just get rid of the scale entirely, but it felt incredible to get rid of it and to just focus on how I feel and use that as a gauge for what I ate and the way that I moved, or I guess the what I eat and the way that I move, because at this point, I only get weighed very occasionally, and usually it's an accident. I stand, you know, I stand backwards at the doctor. Um, actually, last time I just asked them to not weigh me at all, and they were fine with that. And I know that there is some privilege in that. There's a lot of privilege in that, actually, because I am in a smaller body. And so that means that my doctors aren't inherently concerned about my weight by looking at me, which I just, there are so many things to be said about that in and of itself. I won't get into that today because it's so wrong that they just look at me and they go, oh, it's fine. I don't have to weigh you. Because you know what? Weight is weight is not a determinant of health, but it's very easy to look at somebody who's in a bigger body and say, oh, there must be something wrong with them because they're in a bigger body, which isn't necessarily the case. And it isn't necessarily the case that because I'm in a smaller body that I am automatically healthy either. But I digress. The weight doesn't really matter for doctors unless it comes to medication and dosage and things like that. And so if I were to need that, obviously, I would I would get myself weighed. And, um, and the last time I was actually weighed was by accident. 
I was at the chiropractor's office and they put you on this machine to measure um, the like your weight distribution. And she like kind of handed me my chart, whatever. And I saw it and I saw the weight distribution and my mind immediately like added the two numbers together. And I was like, oh, that's my weight. Huh. But at this point, because I've done the work, because it's been five years now that I've gone through this and really haven't weighed myself maybe three times in the last five years. Um, actually, that's not true. I won't say three times in the last five years because it, I was weighed when I was pregnant. So there is that. Okay. So outside of being pregnant, I was weighed, I've been weighed like two or three times. And it's, it's taken me time to be able to get to the place where I look at the number and it's neutral, it's not a big deal, and I don't want to change it. And I don't think anything differently of myself by knowing that weight. And it doesn't mean I'm going to grab a scale and start weighing myself every single day again. But it means that I have gotten to that point, but it does take time. And I recognize that it takes time. And what I want to share with you is my own experience of what happened with me and what happens with a lot of the clients that I worked with for several years is that situation that I just mentioned. Sometimes we gain a little bit of weight in the beginning because our body's kind of in in a state of shock. It's kind of like if you do go on a diet in the very beginning when you are very quickly reducing the amount of energy that your body is consuming, reducing calories, and oftentimes increasing exercise, you're basically shocking your body and your body loses quite a bit of weight quickly. And then oftentimes that amount reduces and we feel discouraged or we plateau because our body adapts. It's very normal. And sometimes we even gain weight back, especially if we are eating so little that our bodies are trying to hold on to it. There's so much to this. It's why diets don't work long term. (laughs) We could get into that. I've gotten into it before. But my whole point here, and what is my point again? My whole point here (laughs) is that it's the same thing when, or it's similar. It's not always the same thing, but it's similar when we jump into this world of having freedom with food, especially if we jump in with two feet and we just start eating more and we stop measuring or tracking or counting and and all of a sudden we're eating more, yeah, our bodies might gain a little bit of weight and that's normal and natural. Eventually, they will even out. We won't just keep gaining weight forever. Eventually, they'll even out. They'll find a weight that's right for them. Often around the time where you find a little bit more of a groove when it comes to intuitive eating and having freedom with food and eating the amount that's right for your body and moving in a way that feels good, they steady out. And when I say they steady out, it's a range, right? It could be a range of 5 to 20 pounds that shifts throughout the year and then maybe eventually it does go up a little bit or it might go down a little bit too as you get into the groove of food freedom and fitness freedom and finding what feels good for you your body will get into that groove as well when I first jumped into this I was not in the place that I am now where I'm very neutral about my size. It was really uncomfortable when my body changed in the very beginning. My body changed after I did a fitness competition and I expected to gain some weight back. So I was at a very low weight right before my fitness competition. But then when I really started exploring the world of food freedom and I stopped measuring and tracking every morsel I ate and I stopped spending hours in the gym... I did gain weight more than I thought I was going to and it was really uncomfortable. And... I then I got pregnant and then I obviously gained more weight and then I committed to not weighing myself all the time and to not dieting during my postpartum experience and I talked about that in the last episode and my body changed again it dropped the baby weight and then eventually a couple years later 
it also changed again, sort of, without me even realizing it. I just happened to try on some clothes from the year prior when it was shifting seasons and they didn't fit me anymore. And I was like, oh, my body has changed. And you know what I did? Nothing. I did nothing different other than continue the journey of listening to my body when it came to food and movement. And all of these changes are so normal. And it's also normal, especially in the beginning, to feel a little uncomfortable about those changes. You don't have to embrace each and every change. You can acknowledge the changes and learn to look at your body neutrally and continue to trust that your body will find the place that's right for her in that season and that she might change again in the future. But it also, it just takes coming to terms with a more neutral approach rather than necessarily a body positive approach and knowing that this is going to take time and knowing that it's okay that if in the beginning you're not fully comfortable with the changes knowing and trusting that your body knows what to do and that it's okay if it's a little uncomfortable in the beginning just focusing on eating in a way that feels good for you and eating an amount that feels good for you and that that might change as well in the very beginning to when you get into a little bit more of a groove. And the same thing with movement, when you actually find what feels good and you might not be following so much of a strict protocol, you might change again then. I know my body looks vastly different in different seasons because of the different types of fitness that I'm doing and that's okay. It doesn't mean one phase of my body is better or worse. It just means that that's what my body's doing and my body's doing the best to support me whether I am working on running a marathon or getting stronger or just doing some bar classes. So acknowledge the changes, work on neutrality when it comes to the changes instead of feeling like you have to be really positive about it or really or excited about it or even okay with it. Just working on trusting that your body knows what to do and that you're not going to gain weight forever if you do gain weight. And if you don't, there's nothing wrong with you either. And, you know, maybe some people even lose weight if their body is in a size that isn't right for them because they have been yo-yo dieting or they've been restricting and then binge eating. I know that that was my story for a period of time as well, where I would like, I would diet and restrict during the week. And then on the weekend, I would go crazy and I ended up gaining weight in this process instead of losing it, which was even more frustrating, which made me spiral even more. So whatever place that you are in, going back to your journey is your own your body might change. It might not. And it might change again. And that's okay. So coming to terms with a more neutral approach instead of a rigid one or one where you feel like you need to be like falsely positive about your body changing. It's also okay. I want to acknowledge that if you do go a little bit wild in the early stages of food freedom, which is very normal and natural to have kind of that honeymoon phase of intuitive eating where you're like, woohoo, I'm no longer dieting. I'm going to eat all the things all the time. And you gain a little bit more weight than you might be comfortable with. I have a lot of clients that come to me at this point where they're like, I tried it, but it's not working. I gained a ton of weight and now I feel horrible and I'm tired. And I'm like, okay, it's okay to then focus on, all right, What feels good and whether or not your body changes, which oftentimes it does. And when it when I say changes, it could be up or down. It just means changing in a way that that feels good for you and that feels good for your body um, and that is right for your body. 
The goal is about feeling good. So it's fine if you are not feeling so great and your body has maybe gained more than is right for her in this season. It's okay to dial in without going on a diet. You can dial in to feeling good and to eating food that's high in nutrients and that gives you energy and to moving in a way that feels good. That's okay too. So even if you're not super comfortable with the changes, recognizing that they might happen and they might happen again, and that's okay. And all of this talk about maybe bringing a little bit more intention into the way we eat or the way we move brings me to lesson number four. Lesson number four is there is a difference between intention and intuition. And this is one that I might get some pushback for. And I'm okay with it because I'm confident in what I have experienced and what I've experienced with clients and in what I want to give you some encouragement with. And that is that you can be intentional about your eating while also being intuitive. There's a huge misconception that Intuition means we disregard exploration when things don't feel right. That intuitive eating is somehow innate and natural. Yes, we are all born intuitive eaters, but we unlearn intuitive eating once we get into the world of dieting or restricting or listening to what society tells us about how we should or shouldn't eat. When we get into the worlds of do's and don'ts, the world's the world of do's and don'ts and shoulds and shouldn'ts it's an unlearning and then we need to unlearn that again when we start learning to tune into our bodies and tune into our intuition but just because we are tuning into our intuition and tuning into our bodies doesn't mean we can't be intentional when we notice our intuition and our bodies telling us that something is a bit off. Maybe your digestion is off. Maybe you're dealing with an autoimmune flare-up. Maybe your hormones are out of whack. Maybe you have gained that unexpected weight. Does this mean you're going to go on a diet or a crazy elimination plan? No, but it does mean that you can bring some intention into finding what feels good. And I promise if you are intentional about eating the types and the amounts of foods that are right for your body in whatever season you're in, no matter what this looks like, remember your body is designed to find a place that is right for you in this season and it might change in the next season, that you are going to be better tuned in with your body in the long run. I think that these seasons of noticing that something might be a bit off and maybe needing to be a little bit more intentional about the way that we eat or the way that we move or the way that we rest about treating our bodies in a different way in order to feel good just helps us to better connect with our bodies and better connect with our intuition. Sometimes we need help along the way. Sometimes we need a health coach. We need a nutritionist. We need a dietitian. We need somebody in our corner to help us to work through 
these changes, bonus points if they are for food freedom and intuitive eating and they're not asking you to do something crazy restrictive, though sometimes some restrictions are necessary in order to feel good in that season. It doesn't mean those restrictions are forever. It means that your body just needs some more intention and that's okay intention and intuition can go hand in hand and I think that this is something that can make so many women who are exploring food freedom and intuitive eating but have chronic health conditions or you know like like myself feel kind of isolated and feel like it's not for them and so I want to encourage you that you can be intentional while also tuning into your intuition Intuition is that little voice of guidance. It's not just about eating whatever, whenever. If that voice of guidance is telling you that you need to make some changes, it's okay to bring a little bit of intention. That intention doesn't have to come in the form of dieting or crazy restriction. You can have freedom. There can be freedom in being intentional about what you eat so you feel good. For me, There was a podcast episode that I did with Katherine Herbison last year, and we were talking about when food freedom doesn't feel so free, and we were discussing both of our digestive health journeys, and food freedom did not feel free to me when I was struggling with my digestion last year, and I looked five months pregnant all the time because I was so painfully bloated. I couldn't, I could barely go on a run because my stomach just felt so heavy and so many foods gave me so many issues. I was having all of this acid reflux. So it felt like my insides were on fire. Everything I ate hurt. And that didn't feel like freedom. It felt like freedom when I discovered which foods weren't working for my body in that season. And I eliminated them and focused on the foods that were feeling good. And eventually I was able to add most of those back in. And that felt like freedom when I was able to add those back in. But freedom for me is feeling good. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And so I want to encourage you that intention and intuition can go hand in hand. They don't need to be. It doesn't need to be either or. It doesn't need to be either dieting is intentional or intuition means that you can never think about the nutrient contents of food or cutting out certain foods or anything like that. There's a difference between it being restrictive and obsessive and something that is supporting your body. So all of this brings me to lesson number five. Lesson number five, and I've alluded to this a lot, but lesson number five is that food freedom will look different in different seasons. Food freedom is not a forever way of eating. You can have food freedom forever, but there is no finding food freedom and then eating in the same exact way forever. It's going to look different every day and in every season. In the last five years, I've been in seasons of being pregnant, being postpartum, breastfeeding, marathon training, working at my desk all day and barely moving, going through those digestive struggles I was just talking about, hormone imbalances. Each season has brought different needs, and I was so afraid in the beginning to adjust my needs accordingly to be more intentional. But remember, intention and intuition can go hand in hand, and 
each time that I did, each time that I focused on my needs instead of comparing myself to other people on the internet or assuming what food freedom was supposed to look like or just eating on a whim all the time, which can be right in different seasons, but it wasn't right for me in every season because oftentimes it meant that I was eating in a way that wasn't supporting me. The more I was intentional and the more I really tuned in to my body, to my intuition, the more freedom I began to feel leaning into that season, remembering that life is about seasons. I have a whole episode on eating for your season. I'll link that in the show notes. But the reality is life is seasonal. Balance is not static. Food freedom is ever evolving and your food freedom is ever evolving. So it's okay to lean in to what feels good for you in this season and to allow food freedom to be an evolution, to allow it to support you in whatever season you're in now, to find joy in freedom in whatever season you're in now, to bring intention into your eating without obsession, to work on feeling more neutral about your body so that it doesn't become a hindrance to feeling freedom around food and around movement, and ultimately recognizing that your journey is your own when it comes to food freedom and life in general. And there is no one right way to food freedom. Food freedom is about what feels like freedom for you. I hope that this was some encouragement for you today. Whatever part of your food freedom journey you're on, I hope that this helped you to feel a little bit more free. I would love to hear your feedback on this episode on the five lessons that I've learned in five years of food freedom. I would love for you to send me a DM over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. And if you would take just a minute and leave a five-star rating and a sentence or two of a review of this podcast, if it's helped you in your food freedom journey, in your motherhood journey, if any of the episodes have helped you, those little star ratings and reviews are everything to podcasters. And they help these episodes this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear this message of finding balance in every season i so appreciate you listening i hope you'll join us over in the healthy balanced mamas facebook group we are up and running again after a break in the summer and i love having each and every one of you in the group to talk about the different episodes and i would love to interact with you over there so the link will be in the show notes for that have a beautiful week and i'll catch you in the next episode thank you so much for listening to this episode of the healthy balanced mama podcast If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. 
Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.